0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one bountiful page of Talmud every day. And it better be bountiful because in today's page, you have a Moth 36, we are talking about inheritance. That's right. The kind of stuff you see on Secession and those big TV shows about families with lots of money and lots of kids and lots of drama. Have a list. And the other dispute concerns that which we learned in a Mishnah. In the case of one who writes a bill transferring ownership of all of his possessions to his son, stating that the transfer should take effect immediately so that the son should gain the rights to use the possessions after his death, then although the father retained for himself the right to use the possessions until his death, he is unable to sell the possessions due to the fact that he gave them to the son. And the son is unable to sell the possessions due to the fact that they are still in the father's possession. If the father sold the possessions, then they are sold to the extent that the purchaser may use them until the father dies. If the son sold the possessions during his father's lifetime, the purchaser does not receive any rights to use the possessions until the father dies. Now, I'll be honest, this whole bit of inheritance drama kind of baffled me because I'm an only child. And my mother is an only child. And it's pretty simple, straightforward stuff when it comes to our family. So to better understand these dramas of inheritance, I called on a man who is one of four and the father of five and our beloved corduroy Rav, Reb
1: Mark Oppenheimer. Welcome back to the show. My cherished Kordoroi I It is so good have you in my court again. How may I help you? What is there so many questions bundled up here? There's the question of whether you descend your property to your children before you depart the mortal coil. There's the question of what your children may do with it when you've given it to them, but still possess it. I think buried deep in here is a question of what if there's more than one son, or if there's a son and a daughter, you know, I, I'm curious which of, you know, I, I of course, have a, an answer to any question you might have, such as my role as the the grand rebbe of this court. But let me speak first in, in two in two modes. The first is as one of four children. The other is as the father of five. As one of four children, you know, it's interesting because there is no obvious way. If you aren't just going to leave everything to the eldest son, which, of course, as the eldest son, I believe is what, actually should happen. But if you're going to be a little more progressive and modern about it, then there actually is no good way to decide who gets what. If you divide your property equally, then that, of course, is completely unfair if one of your children has made a great deal of money and the other three are in penury, right? Why would you do that? That seems unfair on the face of it, right? If you try to game out which of your children needs it the most, you will inevitably make a mistake, right? Because you don't know if one of your children-in-law, one of their spouses is going to inherit a great deal. You, you simply, you have to have the humility to know that you don't know what's coming and which of them will need it the most after you are gone. And that's to say nothing of the question of what you do with things that don't have great monetary value, but tremendous sentimental value right you know you you own several portraits that somebody e- everybody that no-
0: wants the, the the tattered blue couch e-
1: Yeah, everyone wants... I'm just thinking of the things that my grandfather, for example, gave me before he died because he wanted me to have them and not any of my 11 cousins or any of his three children. His dictionary stand, on which his old mid-1950s hardbound Webster's dictionary still sits, but in my house. He gave you the stender.
0: That's lovely. He gave
1: me the stender. He gave me um, actually a beautiful work of art that's not worth a great deal of money, but he he wanted it to hang in my house. And for all I know, he gave similar things to my cousin. So there is no right answer, right? I mean, I suppose the best you could do is to divide the money equally and then say that the children can all take turns taking possessions you know somebody goes first somebody else goes second when they're all done you go back to the first but that will be unsatisfactory as well and i think that's what the rabbis of the mishnah are saying is like actually there is no good solution right now as the father of five let me say this gets even more difficult right because you know you make a will and at any stage of your life you see that one of your children may need the most the most capital to live because they've made the least money. You also have to weigh that against the fact that another one of your children might have the most pride or 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 feelings bound up in getting it. They might be the most insecure about your love and need it need your stuff, your money because it represents something else. I mean, there simply is no way to figure this out. But if I may, I actually want to conclude with what I, I think you're probably turning to before, which is what happens when you try to solve these problems by parceling out stuff while you're still alive, which is what the rabbis were looking at, which I think is always a kind of favorite cheat, which is, well, I'll just spend it all down. I'll just I'll just slowly distribute it. And as we can see here, that's a problem too, because you might not be ready to depart with it. That might actually inject pain into the relationship that currently exists. I'll tell one quick story. This is not something that happened to me and Sid, but I had a friend who had a parent who gave them a I believe it was some sort of little old antique snuff box and just said, well, you know, I'm in a retirement home now. You guys are building your first house. You guys take this little antique, this, you know, three by five by two inch antique, put it in your house. And it sat there and it became a a cherished part of their, you know, it, it sat on their credenza. And then the, the father who would given to them, grandpa Zadie realized he wanted it back because he realized he actually didn't plan to die for a lot of years and he loved it. And so it actually became this, this sort of token of negotiation <laughs> about when he came and he actually reclaimed it, which upset everybody, right? He never could enjoy it again after that because he felt bad about having reclaimed it. They were mad that it was gone, that it left the sort of dust mark on their, on their credenza. You know, obviously there's there's one answer if if I may which is we really have to detach ourselves from worldly goods we really have to realize that it's our health and it's actually the love that exists in the bonds of these relationships and not the stuff because this is such an interesting you know bit of Mishnah in that they don't have an answer right if the son does one thing that's f***. if the son does the other th- if the father does the other thing that's f***. There are no good answers, And that's because when it comes to things, uh, they are they are false idols. and the the true thing to be worshipped after, you know the the eternal one, God, eternity, the truth uh, is, if anything, each other and the the love that we share.
0: That's why you should do as I do and tell your kids that they get nothing, absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> well, can I can I tell you one thing that I do tell my kids that is sort of adjacent to this? Is you know, if ever any of, of course, there are five of them, right, and so we're you know perpetually broke. And if ever any of them comes home and says, "Oh, you know, um, uh, Trevor from my class is going to Vail and you know, Aaliyah is going to um, is going to Can." And, you know, Jamie is going to St. Bart's. How can we never go anywhere? And I say, well, you know, their parents give them trips and I gave you guys siblings. <laughs> so, <laughs> And you but will that, inherit all of them. You may keep them all right. after I Put die. Put that piece of bazooka in your mouth and chew on it, kiddo. The corduroy of Mark Oppenheimer, thank you as ever for your wisdom. Gig is
0: This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi.